everybody. Welcome back to Allison Unfiltered. Um, lots of stories of transformation here. And, you know, you guys, I'm just, I'm a mom. I'm a network marketing professional. I am hopefully a podcaster professional at this point. Not really. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. I am, gosh, so much, you know, you just can't put it all into, into one space, but I hope that you're enjoying this and we're going to try this a little bit different today. Um, I was struggling this morning coming up with a topic. I had reached out on, on Instagram and asked for some topics, like, what do you guys want to hear? What do you want to talk about? What do you want to see? Right. And so I was talking to my youngest son, Gage, and he said, he said, why don't you talk about your parent failures? And I was like, God, really? Like, are there that many that you could take up 30 minutes of time talking about? And he's like, yeah, probably. So he's right. He's right. None of us are perfect. Um, we've all made some, some horrible parental mistakes. Um, and would I ever sit down with my children and ask them to list out everything that I did wrong? Um, no way. Um, because of the fact that I know I've screwed up, right? They don't come with instruction booklets. And man, I mean, who wants to hear everything that they've done wrong, right? That's, that's just not a good feeling. So I'm going to give you some of mine, and I hope that when you see this, you put some of yours in the comments, and let's talk about it, because you know the thing is, like, if we can't look back on life and and laugh at ourselves and know that we've made a better choice now or we, we've better ourselves, then, then we need to take another look at ourselves for sure, but uh, at least most of these things, my kids can look back and just kind of shake their head and laugh. Um, so one of the first ones I want to start with is, uh, had this huge plan, right? It was Christmas time um, and out, right outside, about an hour outside of where we live in Marshall, Texas, uh, we don't live in Marshall, but outside of where we live, um, there on their downtown, why does your nose itch when you go on? I'm telling you, I, my nose has an itch all day, uh, but the pollen, oh my gosh, it's crazy here. I don't know how it is where you are, but it is crazy here. Um, so anyway, we were, we were driving and I had this whole thing planned out, right? I had um, the, the downtown city of Marshall, they do a an ice skating rink in the middle of downtown. It's hot chocolate and horse-drawn carriages, um, all the things, right? And I thought, oh my gosh, how cool would it be to go there and surprise the kids? I was so excited. Like I had it planned for months and it was a disaster. <laughs> so Nobody wanted to ice skate except for Gage. So he's the only one that did. Nobody wanted hot chocolate. And we were real sticklers about when our kids got to bed and things. And this was a school night. Um, so we got out there early. We were supposed to do this horse-drawn carriage that took you around the brick streets and 
you know, just really neat and cool. We got there and they were running like an hour behind. And I paid like, I want to say over a hundred dollars, which was a lot for us at the time. I mean, a hundred dollars is a lot for anybody, but at the time, especially it was a lot. And, um, ended up, we couldn't wait. It was like an hour, hour and a half wait from, from the time that we had scheduled. So we just got in the car and went home and I cried the whole way home. Like our kids did not say a peep. And I thought, you know, at first I was like, you know, what, you know, do we just have really ungrateful children or what, or did I just not know my kids enough to be able to plan something that I thought would be fun for them. I mean, I know a few of our kids aren't very adventurous, but oh man, that was a, that was a brutal, that was a brutal parental fail for sure. I guess my allergies are just gonna be apparent while we're on here. Sorry, Texas spring y'all. So that was one of my major parenting fails. And that was, I mean, I'm sure that was probably about 10 or eight to 10 years ago. And one of the next things that was a huge parenting fail because of lack of communication, Gage's first day in, I believe he was in second grade maybe third grade, maybe it was even first grade. I'm not sure, but he was at Andy Woods Elementary. And instead of me getting into the carpool line, which I hate carpool lines, instead of me getting into the carpool line, I said, okay, I am going to be at this stop sign and you just have to walk out of the school, come down this way, use the crossing guard to get you across the street to the crossing to the crosswalk well when he came out of the school he went the wrong way he turned left instead of right and I guess I just didn't drill it in his head enough about turning right to come out of the school to walk down to me and he got confused so 15 minutes later I'm sitting there going um where's my kid oh I just thought of something else to talk about um, where's my kid, right? And I go into the school and I'm pissed off because nobody knows where my kid is. And man, that was scary. It was really, really scary. I actually, um, drove around trying to find him. The, the school was in a panic, of course, but what ended up happening is that he figured out the other way and went home and he walked all the way home. It wasn't that far of a walk, but for like a six or seven year old, it was a, that was a pretty good walk. I mean, I would say it was maybe close to a mile that he had to walk home and he didn't have a way to get into the house. Right. So he uh, went to the neighbor's house. It was just, it was a big mess. Like he didn't have a phone then, you know, um, so after that incident, we made sure that we, they, they memorized phone numbers and all of those things. Oh my gosh, you want to talk about, I don't know. I think it was just a big miscommunication as a, not, you know, maybe that wasn't so much a parental fail, but just, you know, lack of communication. Um, so here's one as a, as a very young parent, 
um, for a fail. And I think I had more fails. I definitely had more fails with Brighton than I did Gage for sure. And not many fails with Jacob and Colin, but definitely Brighton being the first one, right? Your first is always the hardest. It's the most lessons you learn because you're, you're the youngest when you have it, right? I mean, I was a kid having a kid at 21. Um, so we lived in a duplex and my roommate had moved out and I moved Brighton. Uh, Brighton always shared a room with me for a very time and he was in a toddler bed. So I moved him out of the toddler bed into a day bed and a big boy bed, right? Set him up with a TV and Barney and all the good stuff in his room. Well, if he ever got up in the middle of the night, I could hear him because for a very long time and too long he had a pacifier and it had it was one of the ones the little man pacifiers that has a little hook on it and it clips to their shirt right so you could hear it like clanking up against the plastic of the pacifier so I always knew when he was awake but he woke up early one morning and I you know I worked in a club at that time and I did not uh, wake up too early. So there were mornings, uh, and I am not, I am not going to lie, there are mornings that I woke up. He woke up, I would put some Barney on, I would fix him some breakfast, and I would go back to sleep for a little while, you know, and he would come in there and crawl in bed with me and take another little nap. I mean, there were times like that. I mean, single moms, right? You do what you got to do, um, especially when you work late. So anyway, he slept in his room that night for the first night. And when he woke up early that morning, I didn't hear him wake up. And what I also didn't realize is his grandmother the weekend before, because he spent a lot of time with his grandmother too, when I worked, um, she taught him, he was 18 months old at the time. She taught him how to unlock doors, how to unlock deadbolts. Now, why you would teach an 18 month old how to unlock a door, I have no idea. but. It's what she decided to teach him that weekend, and I did not know. So at 6.30 in the morning, I was woken up to someone banging on my door. I throw my robe on, and I run to the door, and I open the door, and there's this guy standing there. And he's holding Brighton, and he goes, is this your kid? And I'm freaking out. I'm like, how do you have my kid? What the heck happened, right? So we finally pieced it all together. What had happened? I mean, thank God he was safe, right? And thank God that guy went and knocked on doors. Um, because what he did was he climbed on top of the couch and he got to the garage door and he undead he bolted the garage door. And then we had a dog that was inside outside dog. It was out in the country, right? So there was no leash laws where we were. And the dog's name was Hunter. We left the garage door open, I don't know, probably, you know, eight inches or so, um, so he could get in and out if it was cold. Well, Brighton decided to go out into the garage and climb under the door, under the garage door, and he took a left and walked down like three duplex driveways. You know, if he'd have taken a right, he would have been in like one of the biggest traffic intersections. Um, in, in the country, I mean, it, oh my gosh, if he'd have taken a ride, it would have been terrible. Um, so he stopped to play with rocks in this guy's uh, driveway. 
And the guy's dog started barking. And that's, it woke the guy up, the neighbor. And I don't even know the neighbor's name to this day. Um, but he went outside and he got the kid, he got my kid and he started like knocking on everybody's door going like, whose kid is this? So after that incident, you want to talk about scaring the shit out of somebody when, when you, I mean, you're sleeping, right? I mean, you had no idea. I mean, I had no idea he could get out of the house. I had no clue. I mean, it was dead bolted. It was locked. How was he going to get out? It never even occurred to me that he would try. So after that incident, I went to Hobby Lobby or Michael's or whatever it was back then. And I actually, um, I bought bells. I bought bags of bells and string. And I strung bells on every doorknob in our house. And I'm talking like the loud, jangly Christmas bells. Um, and, and even like, oh my gosh, even to this day, uh, not this house and not the house we were in previous, but when Danny and I met, the house that I lived in when Danny and I met, that house actually still had bells on the doors. Um, it was just a habit that we were in wherever we lived. There were bells on the door so I could hear if the door opened because we never had security systems or anything like that growing up um, or in the places that I lived. So he's okay. And then um, that was that was really scary. That was probably one of the scariest moments for sure. Gosh. And then um, Gage disappeared one time when he was about eight months old. And I don't think this is a parenting fail by any means. Um, it was just a, a toddler being a toddler. I had gotten in the shower and it was me and Brighton and Gage at home. And I had gotten in the shower and I had asked Brighton to take the trash out. And he was, I guess Brighton was about seven or eight years old. Um, and Gage was, you know, well, no, I guess Brighton was about seven and Gage was about eight, eight or nine months old, 10. He was walking. Anyway, uh, I'd gotten in the shower and told Brighton to take the trash out and I never heard the door shut back. And so something just, something in my gut didn't sit right. And so I went out into the living room, like I popped my head out of the shower and I was like, Brighton, where's your brother? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't know where your brother is? I told you I was getting in the shower. Like I needed you to watch your brother. Y'all, I jumped out of that shower, shampoo still in my hair, uh, wrapped a towel around me, went and knocking on the neighbor's doors, running in the neighborhood in a towel. Oh my gosh, it was a nightmare. Ended up calling 911 because we couldn't find him. He was in wearing nothing but a diaper. Um, you know, my kids ran around in diapers and barefoot when we were home because that was just comfortable. And uh, oh my gosh, there were like like four cop cars. I had to call his dad and tell him that he was missing. The police are in my house. Now, mind you, I'm still in a towel. I think I had a robe on at that point, but there's still shampoo in my hair. Right? I never got the, I never had, I didn't care about the shampoo at that point. I just needed to find Gage. And um, one of our friends at the time, a family friend was a police officer. And he still reminds me of this story all the time. He actually found Gage and Gage. And I'm telling y'all, 
I called for this kid. I looked in every door, every under every bed. I mean, I looked for this kid. He was in my closet, in the very back of my closet, and he was hiding. He was playing a game. And you want to talk about the relief on like eight police officers that were in my house. Oh my gosh. And his dad, me and his brother. Oh man. It was so scary. Like the things that these kids do, they're crazy. They, these toddlers, they're crazy. They disappear. They hide out. They hide from you. And Gates just thought it was funny. And like, how did, how does a, a, a 10 month old know how to hide like that? I don't know. I guess his big brother taught him, but man. So that was two incidents where I thought I'd lost my kid. Um, and, and like I said, I don't know if those are serious parenting fails, but, uh, but those are a few. Uh, I do think one, uh, I do have a funny one um, that I'll tell you in a minute. And it, it's kind of funny, but it's kind of not. Uh, Gage was in swim. I'll tell you, I'll go ahead and tell you that Gage was in swim and he needed to like shave his body for, um, for swim for regionals or district meet or something like that. And I was like, Gage, just get some, get some nair and we'll just spray it on there. And, you know, I'll help you do your, your arms and your legs. You can just stand in your swimsuit and I'll just spray you down and get it done. Not one single one of us even thought about the Accutane that Gage was taking for acne. He had such a horrible chemical burn from the mayor. And he, re I remember like him telling me, you know, okay, it, it's kind of hot. Like it's kind of burning. I'm like, oh, you're fine. Like he's never used an air before. I mean, it, it's a little tingle to it, right? Mm-mm. No, straight up chemical burns. Oh my gosh. And then we were thinking like, okay, well, how can we soothe these chemical burns, right? And what do you soothe a sunburn with, right? Vinegar and water. Don't ever put vinegar and water on a chemical burn. It's the worst thing you can do. God bless it. That baby was in so much pain and I felt horrible. That right there, that was a serious parenting fail. Engage. I am so sorry about that. Like, and that was just like, I don't know, like three years ago. I mean, it wasn't that long. Uh, so yeah, so Accutane and Nair don't mix. And, um, and the other side is, is, uh, don't put vinegar on a chemical bird. That's, that's a, that's a bad gig. That's a, that's a bad gig. I think one of the other biggest parenting fails for me uh, was making a decision when Brighton was young to not tell him that his dad was in prison. You know, he would ask all the time where he was and I would just say, you know, he's, he's working, he's busy working. And Shane would write letters to him and send letters um, from prison and I would read them to Brighton. And just under the impression that, you know, I mean, he was nine years old at the time before I told him anything. And, and, and I'm saying that Shane was in prison for a majority of Brighton's younger life, uh, several years. You know, you think you're doing the right thing or not to. When you listen to what the therapists say and the, and the grown-ups, right, because you're still young raising a kid. And it was probably one of the worst things I could have done was to keep it from him because 
That was the first time he thought I was lying to him. And I always told him, you know, we'll always tell each other the truth. We don't lie to each other. And he did not see that as me protecting him. He saw that as me just straight up lying to him. And it took him a long time to forgive me for that. Um, but it was just like, you know, the therapist would say, no, he doesn't need to know that he's not, he's not old enough to understand it. He's going to end up relating to, well, if my dad's bad because he's in prison, then I'm bad too. You know, all of the therapeutic things that you think that, or the psychological damage you think that it could do, it actually did worse damage, not telling him, right? Because he kept hoping and hoping and hoping that he was going to come home from work one day. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was just, oh, Shane was just a nightmare. That was just, that, that, that was my biggest parenting fail was, was meeting that man. I, I, I mean, Brighton is my son. I wouldn't change anything in the world, but man, if I could have picked a different dad for him, I sure would have. What a piece of shit that man is to this day. Yeah. I'll tell you about one more and then we'll hop off of here because I don't want to keep you forever. So when Brighton was in high school, his friend was supposed to go with him to Six Flags. They had their, I don't think it was their senior trip, but it was a, a trip like a, one of the trips for one of his classes and they decided they were going to Six Flags. And at the last minute, his friend backed out of going. And I was like, Brighton, just get up, just go. I'll take you. You'll get there in time. And he's like, no, I don't want to go alone. I don't, I'll spend the whole day by myself. And I'm like, no, you won't. There's other people. There's like, you know, 60 other kids on that bus. You won't spend it alone. You, you know, you got to go, just go have some fun, go to Six Flags, go play, go just be a kid for a little while. And, you know, Brighton always took things so seriously when he was young. And um, I should have just let him stay home that day. So he got on the bus and he had a cell phone and he texted me and he said, I think this is a really bad idea. And I said, why? And he said, because my ex-girlfriend's on this bus. And he's like, I don't have any friends on this bus. Uh, and I, I fretted and worried and I'm like, okay, they've already left town. Like, how am I going to get my kid off this bus? They've already left. They've already gone. So I ended up calling the school and told them there was a family emergency and that they had to stop the bus so I could come and get Brighton off the bus and take him home. Uh, I was about 45 minutes behind the bus, so they had to stop in Canton at a rest stop and uh, wait for me. So it shortened their trip, which I know was terrible. Um, but that day, I know I've talked about how I, I'm so scared to drive in the rain, right, um, on I-20 because the wreck that, that Brighton and I had one time, um, but that day, I drove through the rain, white knuckle fisting it, crying my eyeballs out all the way, asking God just to get me to my kid, right, and I had to hurry. Um, I've never seen him so distraught. And then I've never seen him so relieved that I took off work, drove all the way to Canton to rescue him from a day 
of spending at six. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine going to Six Flags with 60 kids and spending the whole day walking around there by yourself or riding rides by yourself? He wouldn't have, he would have just sat there all day. Oh, that still makes my heart just, oh, that just make it just kills my, crushes my heart when I think about that. Um, that was a big parenting fail. I should have never made him go. I should have just trusted his instinct and listened to him. And I think that's the hard part is sometimes as parents, we think we know what's best for our kids. And I think a lot of the time wisdom gives us that and we do, but I think also we have to listen to our kids' intuition and our kids' guts. And I think that we need to open our ears and close our mouths a lot more and actually listen to what our kids are telling us. And I think that we would be much better parents if we would do that. So um, anyway, those are kind of my, my big parenting fails. I made a I made a list of them. I don't know if you can see those and cross them off the list, but um, yeah. It's hard to talk about your failures, right? But your failures are what gives you knowledge, right? I mean, if if all we did was, was succeed, we'd never learn anything, right? We figure out how to work through the hard stuff. Uh, and, and we learn how to do the hard things, right? So anyway, if you have a parental fail that you're willing to share in the comments under this podcast, uh, I would love to hear it. I would love to be able to cringe with you and to laugh with you and to cover my eyes for you and just shake my head, you know, all of those things. Um, listen, I thank you so much for listening. I hope this was entertaining for you. I hope it wasn't a beating, um, but you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple, Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube, uh, just just go like and subscribe to Allison Unfiltered. We need some more subscribers. I need more people sharing this. Um, I don't want it to fail. And the only way that it won't fail is with your help. So can you help? Can you please subscribe? Just go to YouTube and hit the subscribe button. And can you please just share this on your Facebook wall, on your Instagram, whatever, and just say it like, hey, this hit me, you know, you should listen to this or whatever. So anyway, thank you. Love you guys. See you next week. Peace out, homies. See you later. Bye.